0: Hello and welcome into your Thursday edition of the Locked On podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano, Dave Morris, so with me. A couple things we got to get to on today's pod. First and foremost, congratulations to the St. Dog, St. Dogs, the St. John's. Sea Dogs winning the Memorial Cup, uh, and more so especially to William Villeneuve, who was a Maple Leafs prospect. We'll tell you about that in just a moment. So stick taps to them, a big trade in the NHL today, potentially more to come. Sounds like it could be a busy couple of days, and also some more Leafs off-season rumblings to discuss as well, David. We'll play a little bit of co no-sign, so lots to get into, so let's get right into it. You're listening to the Lockdown Leafs Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Leafs podcast, your one stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me is my co host, Dave Morasuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Locked On Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can also now catch us up on video format on YouTube. That's Locked On Leafs on YouTube. Subscribe, leave a like, and leave a comment down below. The question that we want to ask you down below, what is the perfect goaltending scenario for Toronto next season? The perfect goaltending scenario, if you have the answer, write it down below. Whether that's, you know, buying out Morazic and then trading for Gibson or trading for Varlamov you want to sign Kemper is is Campbell the guy write down what you think is the perfect realistic we're not gonna go out there and trade for Vasilevsky obviously but the perfect realistic option in net for the Maple Leafs next season go ahead write down the comment section below if you're on YouTube you can hit us up on Twitter as well um at Leafs uh at Lockdown Leafs to uh to let us know your answer on Twitter if you're just listening um, be a podcast form. All right, so a couple things we got to get into today. We'll play some cosign, No Sign. We'll talk a little bit about the the big trade that we saw happen uh, in the NHL today. Apparently, a lot more to come in the coming days, uh, according to uh, multiple insiders. But uh, first and foremost, let's give a little bit of attention to the CHL and the Memorial Cup winners, the St. John's Sea Dogs, winning the Memorial Cup six three uh, last night a victory over the Hamilton Bulldogs. And, man, it was a really fascinating story. Like, they got eliminated in the first round of the playoffs, but because they're the host nation, they automatically get a bid. They fire their coach, Dave. They fire their coach and bring in Gardner McDougal, who is a very great, decorated, you know, Canadian university head coach with the University of New Brunswick, won a, a national title with them this season. So they say, you know what, let's bring this guy on board. And they go and they end up winning a Memorial Cup with that guy, pretty cool story, and uh, Maple Leafs prospect William Villeneuve part of the winning group.
1: Yeah, no, it was an it's it's a great tournament all around, but it, especially if you want any reason to celebrate for a Leafs fan. I mean, St. John's had a pretty good tie with, to the Leafs for all these years, as you know, with the well uh, Newfoundland and all that. But I think it was.
0: Hang on, hang on, Dave. Oh, it's New Brunswick, pal. Oh, shoot. New, John's, New Brunswick. You're thinking St. St. John's, St. John's, Newfoundland. St. I John's,
1: God. Newfoundland. Yes. I am so dumb for that. Okay. <laughs> reset. it <But no. laughs> Didn't but happen. If we're if not going to edit it out either. You're, you're, I'm no, calling no, you no, out no, on the line. No, no, I'm, I'm going to no. know the
0: brain farts that Dave didn't pass grade four geography.
1: No, not. No, because too many St. John's to remember. I know. But, I mean, look. If you're a least fan, you're still happy with the fact that a prospect came away with the with a title this season, yep. an actual title. You know, one that a team wins. So, uh, no, it was. I always like this tournament. You know, it's uh, it's interesting, yeah, because you mentioned that story about the coach getting fired. So, like, why? What you're co- you're firing your coach before like your your city is about to host the biggest junior hockey tournament of the year? Yeah. And no, they're like, yeah, no, we got this. Like, I don't even know what this, what the plan is now. <laughs> it's like, like, do well, it's care? not going to be
0: McDougal. It's, it's not going to be McDougal. I think he's happy uh, where he's at in the college ranks. Maybe if, if he gets an opportunity in the pros potentially, but I don't know how much interest he has being a junior coach anymore. The guy, uh, not, not, uh, not a particularly young man at this point in his career. I think he, he's, he's pretty, pretty happy doing what he's doing, but You know, I I just it was funny. I was having a conversation with my brother who's eh, not a massive hockey guy. He's more of a basketball dude. And, you know, I was watching the game and he's like, so like, what's the basketball equivalent to this to to this tournament? I'm trying to think I'm like, well, I mean, this would technically be March Madness. Like this is hockey's March Madness, right? It's where you get a chance to watch all the prospects and it's a national champion for the prospects before you get to the pros. And so that's essentially what that is. Now, March Madness is on a whole different scale because, you know, it just is because A, America, B, the gambling aspect of it, and, you know, what the marketing of NCAA and how much money it pulls in. That's essentially what it is, um, and, and it's a terrific tournament. You're right, and uh, so congratulations to them. Stick taps the Saint John, Saint John Sea Dogs. That's why I get mixed up, right? Because it's Saint John, New Brunswick, and Saint John's Newfoundland. That's so the that,
1: difference. There. That, yeah. I don't even know why my brain went there. And like, well, because
0: I... because they Saint John Sea Dogs, so it's like. It, it blends into the Seadog. Yes, I think John Sea Dog sounds like it, but it's Thank all. you for
1: trying to make me feel better from feeling like a big goofball. No, nah, you're still a
0: dummy, pal. You're still a dummy, but that's okay. I've had my fair share of mistakes, and we're both just, you know, got to live with them, got to live with them. I will live with them. Um, but, uh, yeah, William Villeneuve, though, I, I want to talk a little bit about him as a prospect because he's a little bit under the radar type of guy. He was drafted back in the fourth round in, in 2020 but a right shot defenseman, six foot two. So he's got a little bit of size, not overly large. Uh, he's listed at 180 pounds, but you know, I was watching him play pretty well in this, in this game tonight. Not sure if you had a chance to, to watch the Memorial cup championship game, but I thought Villanova had a terrific first period specifically okay. Um, and he just had a great year. Like he really had a breakout season. I know he's a little bit older at this point, draft plus two years. Um, so that's typically when you start to see these guys who are older, more mature, really start to to burst onto the scene in the OHL or in the the, the Q, I guess he's with the Q, uh, QMJHL. But had a 56 point year, eight goals, 46 points. And uh, next season, I believe he's going to go and uh, he's going to go and be with the Marlies. So we'll get an opportunity to see if uh, William Villeneuve can, you Know, do what he's do, do he did this year, continue it on to the pros, and the Leafs could use right shot defensive prospects. So, you know, uh, Villanova, he's a champion, he knows what it takes to win. I like that. Not saying that he's going to help out the Maple Leafs next year, maybe not even the year after, but maybe this is a, a piece of the future that could be part of the Maple Leafs blue line.
1: Yeah, uh, Joshua Cloakley, uh, wrote about him a few days ago, like. I, my eye was brought to him when the Leafs did sign him to the entry level deal because that generally kind of means that there's an inkling that he's he's further closer to joining well, he, the pro ranks.
0: He played two games this year with the Marlies, so when he finished up the regular season and St. John got eliminated, he did end up playing two games with the Marlies this year um, before you know they didn't make the playoffs, so he didn't get any extended time. Yeah. So he does he does have that pro experience and he'll make that jump next year as well.
1: Yeah, so you know, twenty years old. So you're you're kind of you know wondering where where does the projection lie here? I think you're kind of right with that assessment. And like, look, he's a defenseman. Defenseman, it takes them longer to make that transition to the pro game. They're going up yeah. against bigger body players, generally speaking, especially in the AHL. And I think that's going to be a good next spot for him. And hopefully, he gets to play significant minutes. When he starts off uh, with the Marlies, he gets to play some really good defensive zone opportunities like that's probably where you want to see him, you know, show what he can do, because that's that's, I think where the Leafs really need to make sure that his game is solid, especially on that right side.
0: Right. And that's that's where they need the help. Right. Like on the right side, they've got Topi Nimala. But uh, outside of that, there's there's not a, a plethora of defensive prospects in the system. So, you know, having him kind of emerge as as a, a potential piece, I'm not sure if he's going to be, you know, a, a top four guy or top pair guy by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But, you know, if he could turn out just to be a, a player who, you know, can come in and play serviceable minutes and just be a, a third pair type of player, I think the Maple Leafs would be happy with that out of a fourth round pick. You know, like the, the odds of fourth round picks turning into serviceable NHLers is quite low. So I think they'd be happy with that. And, you know, seeing the step that he made this year with St. John, I think it makes them believe, hey, maybe we got a player here. I think we're going to try and get uh, one of either Scott Wheeler or Tony Ferrari on next week uh, ahead of the draft so they can kind of go through not only the least prospects and, and let us know you know, how these players ended up finishing out and what their projections are. But then we can also get into the draft a little bit next uh, next week as well with some of these experts. So that'll be, that'll be fun. So we'll be excited for that. Um, okay, before we get into some of these reports that uh, – that we were hearing, Dave. There was, you know, Frank Saravalli was on Sportsnet Radio and he was talking about, uh, you know, a potential trade involving Jack Campbell and Mackenzie Blackwood, which I thought was interesting. We can get into that. Darren Dreger on TSM Radio today um, on Overdrive talking about a big offseason ahead. So let's get into some of that stuff uh, in just a moment. But before we get there, um, I want to tell you about one of today's show sponsors, and that's betonline.net. It is your number one uh, betting online i just lost the 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 read hold on one second uh there it is bet online your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information you can find all the latest sport development league reviews and news including this year's nhl draft and major league baseball bet online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information including live sports uh live betting esports and scores and betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in on your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. Welcome back into the Locked on Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. got Dave Morisuti here. We're your hosts here at Locked on Leafs. Um... A couple of, of Leafs-related newsy items. You know, it's it's officially the off season, so the rumor mill is in full swing here, pal. Full swing. And uh, goaltending, clearly, is always going to be the number one subject until the Leafs figure it out. Uh, which is why I asked you guys at the beginning, let us know your ideal goaltending situation next season. Realistic goaltending situation next season. Um, because an interesting idea was floated out there. Now, we spoke on this uh, slightly. Larry Brooks of The New York Post wrote about how New Jersey was interested in Jack Campbell's rights. Well, Frank Saravalli hopped on SportsNet Radio in Calgary today, and he was asked about it, and he believes that, yeah, he he thinks that there's interest there and a potential swap for Campbell and Mackenzie Blackwood, who all who has a couple years left on his deal. here's a tweet there for anybody who's watching it on uh, on YouTube. Um, he says, quote, do they work out some kind of trade where it could be the rights to Jack Campbell in exchange for Mackenzie Blackwood? I could see that happening. So that's interesting. That's interesting. So that's, you know, the Maple Leafs rolling the dice on a guy who hasn't played great hockey the last couple of seasons. He's been in a bit of a tricky situation, but Mackenzie Blackwood, is that something that you would entertain? Like if, if you saw that trade come across the the ticker tomorrow, what would your gut reaction
1: be to it? Uh, I would like to see how the rest of it fits out, right? Because he would be a piece, but he wouldn't be the piece, in my opinion. I, I just really? think, like, when I, when I think of, like, with Mackenzie Blackwood, he hasn't really proved, like, New Jersey's not doing this if they don't, like, think that Mackenzie is good enough. Like, they're clearly looking to scrap what they have there in terms of goaltending. Like, Mackenzie Blackwood has proven, you know, we went through the numbers a little bit, they have they've been okay, but they haven't been stellar. So my my thing here is like would I rather have McKenzie Blackwood over, let's say, a Peter Morazic? I'd probably say yes, just because I think his body of work over the last few years is better than Peter Morazic at least a little more consistent. Um is cheaper too. That also plays a massive factor in it too, because the Leafs and this is the other thing, the Leafs are gonna have to find Goaltending options that will fit their budget. Yeah, um, and that's that's the big one for me, right? If yeah. he fits the budget, I know some people have brought up the fact that he wasn't vaccinated. He did get vaccinated later in yeah. the year. I think that needs to be cleared up a little bit there. Um, whatever your personal feelings are behind about that, have that's your right. No problem with that. But he did get vaccinated because he was trying to go and compete for Canada. If NHL players were to go,
0: yeah. That's the thing too, like at the beginning of the year, Mackenzie Blackwood was considered a good enough goaltender where he was in strong consideration for Canada at the Olympics if the NHL was, were going to go. And I know Canada doesn't have a, 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 an overly uh, terrific stable of goaltenders, but for Mackenzie Blackwood to even be in the conversation for that, I think is pretty incredible. And, you know, I, I know the year did not go as swimmingly, and if they would have went to the to off to the Olympics, I don't think he would have made the team because, again, did not have a good season. Like, if we look at his numbers uh, from this past year, um, just like the, the regular numbers, I guess, without diving into the analytics uh, for a moment, played 25 games this year at of 339 goals against an 892 save percentage. So not great, man. Not great. Like, that's essentially Peter Morazic numbers that, we, that we're that we seeing here. He basically had a similar season to what Peter Morazic showed for the Maple Leafs. Um, So that's right away. That's a bit of a red flag. You look at last year too, a 304 goals against and a 902 save percentage. But the first couple of seasons of his NHL career seemed like, okay, maybe this kid has a little something, right? Like he came into the NHL at, I think 22 years old. He's 25 now. um, So about 22 or 23 years old. And ahead of the pandemic in 47 games, he had a 277 goals against and a 915 save percentage on a not-so-great New Jersey Devils team, if yeah. you'll recall. Um, and then the year before that, a nine eighteen 18 save percentage of 261 goals against in his rookie year through 23 games. So, you know, he played some, some solid sound hockey early in his career. Um, so it almost makes me feel like, you know, the pandemic, it was, I know for a fact that it's taken a mental toll on a lot of people. And when you look at the dates where his play drops off, I mean, it drops off after the pandemic because pre-pandemic he looked like a pretty good goaltender at 22, 23 years old, and he's putting up you know pretty good numbers—not you know league average to above league average save percentage um, on a not good, not so great team. So I wonder if if he gets put in a better situation, comes back to Canada, right? He's a Canadian-born guy from Thunder Bay, comes back to Canada and is in a better situation in with the Maple Leafs, just an overall better team. If they can find that player again, right. Get him in a better situation back in his homeland. And they can find that league average to above average goaltending that you're looking for, or maybe even, you know, be better than that. Right. As he, you know, maybe he takes a step and he figures something out in a way we saw happen with Jack Campbell, once he got to Toronto. So I don't hate the idea of bringing in Blackwood. Um, 2.8 2.8 million dollars for one more year and then i think he's still an rfa after that as well so it's not like you're you're sitting there thinking to yourself okay well he's gonna be um a ufa next season too no you'll you, you still will have his rights when it expires and you can do whatever you want with that um so i i i don't hate it i don't hate it i think is what i would say
1: no you in it's i understand that you know you look at what other teams have had in terms of goaltending and then you see oh, Mackenzie Blackwood is the guy that we're bringing up. This is kind of the position the Leafs are in. It's not like the Leafs have a pipeline of goaltending ready to come up like other yeah. teams have had as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Go to dive into the analytics a little bit and you look into the deeper into the numbers from last season. Like you really did struggle. Um, among goalies who had at least a thousand minutes in the NHL, which is roughly 24 games. So, anyone who played 24 or more games, which I think is a pretty good barometer for when you're looking at a sample size. So, anybody who played 24 or more games, which was 55 goaltenders in the NHL this year, his five on five save percentage, second worst in the NHL at 898. Um, only Philip Grubauer of Seattle was worse at uh, at five-on-five at five save percentage. Goals saved above average, not great. Second last also per 60 uh, allowed minus 0.58, so almost half a goal per 60 minutes allowed above average for Mackenzie Blackwood, which, again, second worst in the NHL. And if you look at goals saved above expected, not Good numbers again, the seventh worst in the NHL. Um, again, allowing five and a half goals above expectations. So the year did not go well for Mackenzie Blackwood. His high danger save percentage is the worst in the NHL, which was a big problem with Jack Campbell as well. So the numbers don't look sexy. But again, I just wonder if, it, if the pandemic took a mental toll on him. And if in a new situation, if he can get back to being that good prospect goaltender that he once was.
1: Yeah. And and you, so look, we brought up Jack Campbell. Nobody would have thought that Jack Campbell, what happened with the LA Kings was going to translate to what he did with the Leafs. Yeah. So something to keep in, something to keep in mind when you look at taking a chance on goaltenders like this.
0: Absolutely. Um, all right, moving on. There was a big deal that did go down in the NHL today and I heard Darren Dreger on Overdrive talking about how he's expecting the next week or so to be busy and not just like busy with, you know, discussions, but like actual deals being completed, players, picks, prospects, three-way trades. He even said uh, could potentially be in the works here. Like he's expecting some wacky stuff to go down over the next little bit. And we kind of saw our first big deal, uh, big swing get made today. Kevin Fiala, the winger from Minnesota off to the LA Kings in exchange for a first round pick and prospect Brock Faber, who was a second rounder a couple of years ago, uh, defenseman for LA. So, you know, a pick and a pretty good prospect, a first rounder and a B prospect for Kevin Fiala, who uh, goes ahead and signs an extension with LA seven years, seven Point eight seven five million dollars that man is going to wake up a very happy person uh when he wakes up tomorrow a much richer man than when he woke up and uh, living in LA before and he's gonna yeah exactly going from Minnesota where it's cold as hell down to LA Los Angeles California uh yeah he's he's gonna be loving life and that's a team that's on the rise so I, I like the deal um the money I've seen a lot of people say, Ooh, that's a tough contract. But honestly, I, I feel like the way things are going, that's like, that's almost like the Nylander type of contract where I look at it and I say, maybe it's a slight underpayment right now, but like this is a or slight overpayment right now. But honestly, this is a guy. He's 25. So he still probably has five, six years left of prime hockey. He's a dude who I think can score you 30 goals a season. I think that's worth seven, seven and a half million. Did you overpay by a hair, maybe? But ultimately, it's a pretty good deal for uh, for LA, who brings in a solid top six goal scorer into their into their squad.
1: Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the of the contract, but when you think about the fact that Fiala was a a very productive player, like LA needs goal scoring, so that's you're going to pay a premium for a guy who scored thirty goals, right? It was a career year for him. So you're gonna obviously pay for that. He had 83 points this year, right? Yeah. So you're getting a guy who, who had 83 points. Like a lot of guys that you know put up point per game will get in that eight million dollar range. So it's not like LA vastly overpaid. Obviously, because he was in RFA, maybe some people thought that they could have squeezed him a bit more and try to get that that deal. But considering what they paid in the trade to get him. They're not going to chintz him on the contract. They're going give, to give him what they believe is a fair deal. And they're getting seven years. Yeah. Right? They're not getting, you know, five years. They're getting as much term as they can get. So that always buys into a higher cap hit because you're taking UFA years away as well. So, people, I think that's something that I, it doesn't really get talked about enough when you're looking at a deal like this.
0: Yeah, the only thing I'll say about that is when you're at at that age, it it gets dicey once you get over 30. So you're buying into like a couple of years into the 30s. That seems more like something the player would rather as opposed to the team. The team, though, no? Um,
1: Well, it depends on the player, right? I mean, if that's where I think where it really comes down to like, do you want to pay the guy who hasn't really been. A really good producer over the years you're gonna right. pay for the guy that's you're gonna pay for the guy who has at least shown a trajectory of going up and Fiala's trajectory has been going up right we just think about the deal that got him to minnesota as well right was it mikhail grandland right yeah like straight yeah. up mikhail grandland for fiala and they turned around yeah, and, pretty good deal. Pretty and good they did deal. And they, they weren't going to be able to keep them. It was made clear they were they had to move them, so they get a first and a prospect out of it. Yeah. I think they came out pretty well in the end. And if you're LA, this is, as you mentioned, this is a team on the rise. They got a lot of younger players. Some of these older players eventually, I haven't really looked at uh, where Kopitar and Doughty, who are their big tickets right now, like they got earth. years. They got years on their contract. Yeah, well, Kopitar's got two, and Dowdy's got like five or six. Uh, he's got five more. Yeah. Right. So it's more so like once Jonathan Quick is off the books, once like a, su- a couple of these guys are off the books, then you're going to get into having a bit more money. And is going to be a very dangerous team once they have all that cap space and the cap and the salary cap will eventually be going up as well.
0: Yeah, I I look. Um, my first immediate thought was good for L.A. Got a solid, solid player, um, and I think it's a fair deal for both sides. I think Minnesota got you know you get a first round pick and you get a pretty good defensive prospect in return uh, for a guy who you knew you weren't going to be able to re-sign at that price, um, and you knew you weren't going to come up to any sort of agreement. So I think both both sides actually made it well. But my initial instinct was. Okay, so I know that the Minnesota Wild are in an absolute cap crunch right now, and will be for the next couple of seasons. How can Toronto benefit? How can the Maple Leafs benefit from this? Uh, I've got a name in particular that I think Toronto should go after. If uh, if we think that the Wild are still looking to shed some money, I'll tell you who that is on the other side. You're listening to the Locked On Leafs Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome into the Locked On Leafs Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano. We got Dave Morasudi with me. We're hosts here at Locked On Leafs. Uh, we're just talking about the Minnesota Wild and the cap crunch that they are going to be in over the next couple of years. Due to the fact that they decided to buy out Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter, it's going to cost them 12.7 million on the cap this year and then 14.7 million on the cap next year and the year after that. Just dead money. Just straight up dead money on the cap um which is just so brutal for for a team that uh for a team that's looking to compete and has a pretty good good squad. You could use that 12.7 and that 14.7 million dollars I'm sure over the next 3 years and sign a guy like Kevin Fiala or sign a good free agent to help bolster your club but no they ended up buying out those two players and eh, we'll see how that ends up working out for them i guess over the next couple of years but um i was taking a look at the roster dave and i'm thinking if they still want to shed some salary because they they have about looks like six and a half million dollars left in in cap space uh that they could go out and and use to do whatever there's, there's rumors that they still are interested in bringing in Mark Andre Fleury. So you think he's going to probably take a big chunk of that. I would imagine they'd like to potentially work on something with Jacob Middleton, who's an RFA. I don't think he'll be cheap by any stretch of the imagination. And maybe they want to be a player in free agency and go out and get up, get somebody to try and help this club or somebody to try and uh, replace Kevin Fiala. And if that's the case, the one player who I think Toronto could go in and pluck off of this roster, due to the fact that they make just a little bit, a little bit of money, and I think it would help alleviate some of that stress that they're on. Would be Marcus Felino, Dave. I think Marcus Felino would be a terrific, you know, middle six type of guy for for the Maple Leafs. I know the contract; he's got two more years at three point one million. I know Toronto's also right up against it. I'm you know, clearly not an idiot. I'm well aware of that, mm-hmm. but I think that his three point one million. Will go a lot further than let's say Alex Kerfoot. But if you bring in a middle six replacement winger, you can maybe move on from Kerfoot's deal. And he's even a little bit cheaper, but I think more effective. He may not be able to go out there and and, and and be like as productive offensively as Kerfoot. He's not as um as much of a Swiss Army knife, but he does bring like that size intangible. The guy's nickname is Moose, Dave. It's Moose. So um, I, I would probably pick up the phone, call Billy Guerin and say, hey, what do you want for, for Marcus Felino? We we got some interest here.
1: Yeah, it's an, that's an interesting one. I think he could be a guy you expect to, to move off of because they, they just don't have the cap space. They need to get younger. They need to find younger players. Like I think like a guy like Felino could be moved. I think a guy like Matt Dumba could get moved. You know, I, I'm just looking here at their at their cap uh, friendly. Like the, I'm like other than that, I don't think they'll move Jordan Greenway. He's a guy I would love on the Leafs.
0: Yeah, like, I, I, he would also be somebody, but I don't see. He's yeah. 25 years old. He's pretty good money at three million bucks. Somebody's like exactly. any goal scorer, but a powerful. Yeah, he's not going anywhere. So that's why I was like, Marcus Foligno probably the next best and does a lot of similar things, but a little little bit more gray in the beard.
1: Yeah, I, I do think it's probably going to be Felino and Matt game move just because both of them, th- that's a combined just over $9 million that they can free up in cap space, right? Yeah. The thing I thought about too is, okay, let's say the Leafs decide Felino is too expensive and they kind of let Minnesota have to deal with that. Do you pick the carcass a little bit in terms of who they have to let go? And I always, I, I look at Marc-Andre Flory. Right? I, I, I think more so and more so it's becoming less likely he goes back to Minnesota just because unless he takes the most sweetheart deal that there is, like he takes league men to go there, which even then they have to find a way to make that fit with all the other guys they have to sign.
0: Well, I i mean, doesn't he doesn't need to take league men. What, what are they working with here? They've got $6.5 and, and they need to sign. DeLoria. I don't think he'll make too much. I like think Bukestad only made like a million bucks this year. He's not what he used to be. So I don't think he'll make much more than a million himself. Middleton, I don't anticipate. He's an RFA. He probably won't make a, a whole bunch of money himself either in the $2 million range. So now you're sitting in and you do still have like a few million bucks to work with that I think you can bring in Marc Andre Fleury if you really wanted to, or you could let all those guys walk, you let DeLore walk, you could let die walk and make Fleury your guy, or potentially you bring in Fleury, you trade out Cam Talbot. I think if I don't think it's a foregone conclusion that they won't be able to afford Fleury.
1: You're trying to rain on my prey here, man.
0: Oh, I know, I know, I know I am. But like i because I'm trying to be realistic. Like I think what you're getting at is you want the Maple Leafs to target Mark Andre Fleury. And don't help them by alleviating cap space. Go, go after them. Right. No one sends out life rafts. Nope. Right. No one sends out life rafts in the world of GMing in the NHL. So go after Marc-Andre Fleury. I get it. I get it.
1: So, and there's a reason why I brought up Marc-Andre Fleury's name too, is because David Pagnotta from the fourth period, usually. Yeah. I, I know he's not the freedman. He's not the draggers. And hey, man, he had the Tavares scoop. He did. So this, he, I'm bringing up his, uh, the fourth period uh, uh, wrote that um, Mark-Andre Fleur, first off, will play next year. I know there was a lot of debate of whether he will play. This is his quote about where he might go. Minnesota wants to keep him, as we talked about. They'd like to be able to retain his services and bring him back. But we may hear Pittsburgh. We may hear the Toronto Maple Leafs if they can't get something with Jack Campbell. And then he, if you go further down, according to Bagnata, Flurry was willing to waive his no movement clause for the Leafs during the season, but a deal wasn't ironed out, and he was moved out to the Wild instead. Interesting, because there was there was reports that he
0: wasn't willing to waive. If you recall, like that that was the report that I had heard.
1: I wonder if that was also, remember the Leafs? There was the spat between Dubas. Yeah, the
0: knives and like a couple picks. Nice. And yeah, there was that issue. Potentially that's kind of because he got leaked, it yeah. turned sour.
1: So I, because I also wonder if Chicago's not going to ask Flurry to waive his no move clause until they think they are close to a deal. So he might have been kind of said, would you be open to the idea? And maybe he said, yeah, I. If I'll consider it, but I don't even think they would have done the deal, or even asked them to waive his no move clause if they could get that deal sorted out. Because then there's no point, yeah. you know. And it's I think that's probably what happened. the The, the lines of communication clearly broke broke, especially after that press conference where Dubas called out Kyle Davidson. So yeah,
0: which was hilarious. Also, by the way, <clears throat> yeah. Okay that that's interesting. If 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 he was blown away back then. Maybe he is a realistic option in net for Toronto then. Like if he was willing to wave and if he's willing to come back on, you say, sweetheart deal and be a guy who wants to be a number one goalie on a team that can win him a Stanley cup again, Toronto is probably your best answer. I mean, how many other cup contenders outside of, I guess, Colorado who might be looking for a goalie. If they don't bring Kemper back are cup contenders who also have a starting goalie position available. It's not many. I mean, yeah. Toronto's right up at the top. Maybe Edmonton is another team out there that that potentially could uh, could fit the bill. But there's not many other teams uh, if if he can't get it done in, in Minnesota.
1: And also, Minnesota, losing Fiala is tough. Like, he was one of their best forwards outside of Kabritsov. Yeah. He's, he's one of their best forwards. Yeah. So they're, they're worse right now. So you have to think, they have younger guys I know that can come up. Uh, like a guy like Kalen Addison will come up uh, bold. Would you have and...
0: given up that package uh, if you're Toronto to bring in Fiala?
1: So it would have been their first. And let's say, what would be the defensive prospect? I think.
0: Yeah, they don't really have like a Brock Faber-esque defensive prospect, I suppose. But, you know, maybe it's it's, you know, Toronto's first round pick and, maybe it's villeneuve you know will william villeneuve potentially um could also be miko kokonen i know kokonen yeah. has some some trade value out there uh he he's a pretty decent young defenseman i wouldn't do it for Nimala. like that's the that's their top d prospect and i wouldn't go first in Nimala. but uh i think at first in like a, a, another b level defensive prospect I, I might have considered it i don't it's, know how would if they would have been able to to fit that contract no, there would have been some
1: it's the contract it's not just the contract it's also the fit like Fiella is a good player but is the exact type of player the Leafs need like do you want to go out and get do all that to get the one player or do you want to kind of do what the Leafs did last year which was take the take that seven point eight or seven point nine and spread it around to a few players if you can well, I will tell you that
0: uh by doing that, you ended up with Peter Morazic and you ended up with Nick Ritchie. Neither of those worked out. So yes. if you take that six million dollars and you just give it to a player who you know will work out as opposed to roll the dice, you might be better off, actually.
1: It's it's not you're not totally off on that, right? I mean, they mm-hmm. found a way to move the Nick Ritchie one. The Morazic one will clearly be a tougher one to get done. I, again, I wouldn't mind any, uh, a Fiala. It's just, I think, with what the economics... I mean, doesn't even matter anymore because he's,
0: yeah. he's dealt to L.A., he's but I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I would have liked Fiala in the Maple Leafs. I think he would have looked pretty good. I think well, he would like really wanted Fiala big. too. Yeah. I have like 16 or 17 Kevin Fiala rookie cards. My. True story. Yeah. I've got a bunch of them. He is a terrific player, man. Like He's going to score 30 for the next five years in L.A hands down hands down minimum minimum 30 goals health aside assuming health uh every year the next five years with the LA Kings I, I think it's gonna happen um, might have to kick cosine, no sign down the curb a little bit Dave might have to kick it down the curb uh, till next week
1: we got lots of time lots of time for
0: we do we got a whole off season whole off season of ahead of us um we got the draft next week. So we're going to get some draft experts on uh, next week, and then we'll have free agency the following week. We're two weeks away from free agency. So uh, it's going to come quick. It's going to come quick, guys. Uh, so make sure that you're locked into the Locked On these podcast. We'll try and get you all the updates as soon as possible each and every day. Whatever news is circulating in the hockey world, in, in more particular and, you know, in, in Leafs Nation, we try to deliver that news to you each and every day here on the podcast. So make sure you are subscribed and following along uh, each and every day so you can get all of that information. All right, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. to Thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. You can follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Go ahead and follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Uh, leave a like, comment down below on YouTube, and uh, also a, a review. On Apple iTunes, if you could, that would be greatly appreciated as well. Nice little five star feedback and, and a review would be fun. Um, but that's going to do it for us here today. Tomorrow's Canada Day, Dave. So we will be taking the day off. So we'll be taking the weekend off. A little bit of a long weekend for us. We're excited about it. But we return on Monday. We'll get right back in the saddle. We'll get right into draft coverage. So you're not going to want to miss it. Have a great weekend, ladies and gentlemen. And Party your faces off for Canada Day. Let's celebrate the country. Um, See you all again on Monday. But until then, keep locked right here on Locked On Leave.